Hi, this is Linda Day George, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. Don Collier will join us in our second hour. Don Collier, Sam Butler on the high chaparral, and an actor whose career in movie and TV westerns spans more than 60 years, including movie roles opposite the likes of John Wayne, James Arness, and Elvis Presley, and a series of very iconic TV commercials for Hubba Bubba Bubblegum and Pace Picante Sauce. Don Collier will join us in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. Also joining Don that hour will be our friend Susan McRae. Susan produced a DVD based on Don's popular one-man show, Confessions of an Acting Cowboy. She is also the producer of an excellent documentary about her late husband, Kent McRae, a man whose career in television production, in many respects, spanned the first 40 years of television itself. Susan McRae will join us in our second hour as well. In the meantime, we'll open up this hour by playing part two of a conversation that we recorded in January 2020, before the national lockdown, from the home of Emmy-nominated writer, producer, and lifelong televisionary Phil Savinick. After working in television for more than 35 years, Phil turned his living room into a museum dedicated to television, which he calls the history of TV, that not only includes many vintage early TV sets, as well as many artifacts from the golden age of television, but celebrates the legacy of Philo Farnsworth, the man who invented television. Phil will give us a guided tour of his museum in just a second. But first, one part of the Phil Savernick story is that uh, one way or another, you were involved in the production and the creation of a lot of retrospectives uh, for, say, CBS, the the first 50 years of CBS television. I like to phrase it this way. I'm Phil Savernick. And I spent the first third of my life watching television. And I spent the next third of my life making Making television. television. And now in this last third, I'm using television as a creative media and interpreting it and expressing it and sharing all of the treasures that I, and the stories that I've saved over the years. Now, do you have a picture of this on your website? Not only do we have a picture of the first TV on the website, we show what it looked like when it was at the World's Fair. Okay. Now... RCA made one version of this in a plexiglass box because people thought there were little midgets running around (laughs) inside. They wanted to see that it was all electronic. At the exhibit at MZ TV Museum in Toronto, they have the plexiglass phantom receiver, as they called it. So, yes, they made one so that you'd know it wasn't magic. And at MZ, they have it working, and it runs old films from the World's Fair. One of the other things we have at the MZ TV Museum in Toronto is I gave them Dr. Farnsworth's actual television that he watched the moon landing on, and they hooked up video, and the moon landing is on it. So if you go there, you get to experience what the old man saw when he finally realized, well, I may not have made a fortune, but I changed the world. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he would have lived to have... I mean, I know that... The no, networks. 71. Okay, okay, 71. So uh, I know that the networks were filming in color, and I think there were color television sets 71. He but was they were very the, involved in color yeah. in the developmental stage. 
There, he only appeared on television once. Philo Farnsworth was only on television once. On show, I've got a secret. On a show called I've Got a Secret, and no one could guess who he was. Yeah. But afterwards, when they talked to him, and this was 1957, he was talking about what he called the postage stamp television, which is what is our flat screens now. And he was talking about the refresh rate, which is the image on a television doesn't have to change every frame. Only what changes has to change, which is the concept behind our computer monitors now. So as early as 19, and he had invented a 3D TV so that people could work with uh, radioactive materials. So fundamentally, he already was a visionary. He already knew where it was going. In 1957, he was talking about using more of the bandwidth and getting a better picture. So he knew all of this, but he basically had been squeezed out of the television business. Well, fortunately, because of your efforts, his legacy is living on. Well, not only are we, do we have the exhibit, not only are we looking on the miniseries, but we've befriended the family. Yeah. And the children and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren. And uh, we're hoping to give them a sense of pride in, look what they're a part of. Look what they're connected to. This was really uh, one of the most significant events maybe in the history of the world. And what irony that television is now going away replaced with on-demand computer phone, whatever it is. But well, it will be it's, a lifespan of television. It's, it began and it ends. It's still television. It's, it's, it's still television. It's, it's just how we consume it, how we absorb it, how we receive it. It's just different. The, the, tra the transmission of, is still much the same. The days of rushing home on a Thursday night, because if you missed your favorite show, you right. would never see it again. Mm -hmm thankfully, are all over. Absolutely. So he would have, he would not have lived to have seen the, uh, well, no. He saw but, color TV. No, he saw color TV, but I think there were also, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I think there were also early video recorders in existence, maybe not available to the to He the was public. recorded on some of those early recorders. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when we, well, I basically inherited his archive of everything that was left in his basement. And among it was a videotape of him meeting with the heads of Sony in the late 60s. He had a second big idea besides television mm -hmm. that had to do with hydrogen fusion and every house and every car having its own reactor to create clean, free, unlimited energy. Sony went to meet with him to say, we're a consumer electronics company. We will have it on the market in five years. This is not experiment and development. This is we want to make this a reality. Huh. And at that point in his life, he was too far gone. He yeah. could not make a deal with them. And also remember, people who were very involved with the war did not trust the Japanese in those days. Yeah. And he did not make the deal with Sony or else we might not have the energy crisis we have today. That would have been a nice bit of karma had he, had he been able to make the deal. And that a major company, a major distributor comes back to him and says, well, look, we need you, Mr. Farnsworth. Part of his problem at that time, and it, it is ironic, was because he was such a genius and unschooled, when it came down to the heavy math, they didn't trust him because he didn't have the degrees. Yeah. So then they would bring in physicists who really didn't understand at all what he was doing. So he literally would have to make it and then to show them that it would work. So it made many extra steps in him getting to where he needed to go. And unfortunately, he 
you know, if you light the candle at both ends, you get twice the light, but yeah. you only get half the time. And in a lot of cases, you know, the PhD means something, but there are just as many cases where it doesn't mean anything. If he had waited to get his PhD, we wouldn't have had television. That's right. He invented it. Actually, in first camera, he was 19, moved up to San Francisco, got a lab there with some money from Crocker. He's 20, 21. He has a working television and receiver. They're trying in Russia. They're trying in Britain. They're trying in Germany. They're trying in Japan. Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to make electronic television. A 21-year-old does it. Yeah. So one of the things we're trying to do is uh, convince the Lucas Museum to give us a little space there because in truth here's a 15 year old sees a piece of fantasy art in a pulp magazine it inspires a way, something in his head to create a new way to tell stories it's kind of the root of narrative storytelling and how artists inspire technology the museum uh the uh, the lucas museum up in the bay area no the lucas museum is going to be in los angeles it's oh, going to be downtown okay. near right. the coliseum okay and we just thought we'd start early and say you know there's this hero and if some teenager hears the story of this guy and decides well maybe i got a crazy idea maybe we inspire some invention in the future just by telling this story i forget your motto if you if if you get one kid to recognize the importance of of going to school and applying yourself then you're you're passing on the legacy of farnsworth and also farnsworth is dreaming and trying to make your dreams a reality yeah his father had a, a, a saying that he passed down which was keep your head in the clouds but keep your feet on the ground <laughs> Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-649-0142. 800-649-0142. That's 800-649-0142. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.